Welcome to Talk is Jericho. We are still the pod of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. And guess what? It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And guess who's back at WWE and also back here for a second appearance on Talk is Jericho. Talking with the man, Seth Rollins, the man who went under injury as the world champion for seven months. He was out. He made a surprise return at Extreme Rules a couple of weeks ago. And I was surprised as well. Didn't even know he was there. Thought he was, uh, well, you'll find out who I thought he was. You hear how Seth and the WWE managed to keep that a secret. He's also talking about the injury that sidelined him for seven months. What happened? Rehab process. What he did with his extended time off. It wasn't all video games and TV watching. Uh, Elon Musk played a small part in Seth's downtime. And if you don't know who Elon Musk is, Seth will clue you on that as well. Plus, we'll talk about his new electric car. We'll talk about the match where he destroyed John Cena's nose and the crazy, ridiculous finish he and Randy Orton came up with uh, at the end of their match at WrestleMania 31. A lot of laughs and a lot of great stories with my boy Seth. Lots of talk about uh, fan art that we always send to each other. But first, uh, if you're looking for another guy who's got a great story, uh, you got to pick up The Resurrection of Jake the Snake on DVD or Blu-ray. Now listen, Diamond Dallas Page rehabbed the life physically, mentally, all across the board of Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, Page and director Steve Yu have outdone themselves with both the uh, the documentary itself and the DVD with the documentary. It's got 20 bonus features, including a commentary track narrated by Dallas, Jake himself, and of course, Steve, the director. You've got to listen to this. Jake is... Uh He's honest, man, and so is Dally, too. It's, it's, it's a really, really riveting account of what they went through while they're making this film. And I'm not kidding when I say it's one of the best documentaries you'll see, whether you're a wrestling fan or not a wrestling fan. Think um, Anvil, the story of Anvil, or um, B-Movie, like some of these really American, American movie, some of these really great documentaries that we've seen over the years, King of Kong, or whether you're a fan of the movies or not, or sorry, a fan of the subjects that they discuss or not, you're a fan of the characters in the movie, and this is definitely one of them uh, you'll see Jake the Snake battle back from certain death I mean he was in people's death pools for years uh, he battled back to reclaim his life his family his career it's very inspirational and like I said quarterback by Diamond Dallas Page it's a powerful story about redemption and second chances and right now you can get the collector's edition of the resurrection of Jake the Snake at jakethesnakemovie.com that's jakethesnakemovie.com and if you use my promo code Y2J you get 10% off anything you buy on jakethesnakemovie.com for a limited time but listen we're going to hook up one lucky winner right now for a free copy of the collector's edition of the Blu-ray all you got to do is tweet Resurrection of Jake the Snake Blu-ray to at Talk is Jericho and at Real DDP and use the hashtag DDP Yoga. I will choose one random winner momentarily. You got to see this documentary. Like I said, I loved it so much. As a matter of fact, I'm going to watch it again tonight. Uh, you're going to be inspired and you're going to, uh, it's going to be tear in your eye. I mean, Jake the Snake was a hero to a lot of us when, when we were wrestling fans as a kid and to see kind of his huge fall from grace and then his huge uh, ride back up to the top. It's, uh, it's riveting and you're not going to want to miss it so go check out the documentary be inspired and then give ddp yoga and the ddp yoga now app a try yourself this is what saved jake's the snake's life it changed my life saved my wrestling career saved my music career saved my quality of life i want you to want me and to try ddp yoga and all you got to do is go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho and get three free months of the ddp yoga now app with your purchase of ddp yoga change your life go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho be inspired okay get the resurrection of jake the snake on dvd at jakethesnakemovie.com you are not going to want to miss this go check it out now 
All right, so the huge return last week of uh, Seth Rollins, which is great because you've been gone. I didn't even realize you said six months. Almost seven. Almost seven months. Now. But it's like every couple days I get really, like, uh, I shouldn't say bad fan art, but people <laughs> draw pics. It all started when we did our last podcast. Yeah. They drew a picture of us. Uh-huh, a picture of our our selfie, yeah. Yeah, where we look like the Bat Boy from the National <laughs> It's pretty brutal. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite pictures. Yeah. If I ever just need a good chuckle. I'll scroll through the details and find that one. Just get a good because it's crazy. We look, you look like sloth from the Goonies. Like I just, we look crazy. And we, it just, and for whatever reason, it's become the tradition. Whenever I get some fan art that's maybe not uh, professional, shall we say, I'll send it over to you. And it's like there's been some like the ones with like the weird needle fingers, needle fingers, the yeah, eight abs, long abs, long too, yeah. abs. But uh, yeah, so that, that is kind of our way of keeping in touch. And now you're actually back here again, um, your second raw back. And I mean, the cliche question is, how does it feel? But how does it feel? Uh, and the cliche answer is, it feels great. But it yeah. feels great. You yeah. know, you sit and you uh, watch for seven months, and you kind of you do really envision what it's going to feel like when you step back in there. You know, and uh, the fan base has been super cool and super you know uh, supportive during the time off. So uh, being able to come back. The surprise, obviously, at Extreme Rules was fun. And then the next night on Raw with the anticipation, it was a good feeling, man. I was a little nervous, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's not like a bicycle. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's you get out there and, you know, you're, you know, get the promo. And I'm like, all right, do I, can I do this again? Is it everything that I remember? But once, one, literally, once I got in the ring and put the microphone in my hand, it was like, I was like, oh, right back yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I got this. It's, it's interesting, though, because that happened to me in 94. I broke my arm. It's obviously not as bad as your injury, but I was out for six weeks. But before that, I was invincible. I'll mm-hmm. jump over the top rope to the floor, and I'll do whatever powerbomb from the top rope. Once you get hurt like that, it reevaluates that we're actually human beings. You know? Did you feel that? Yeah, you know, and I was one of those guys who I was invincible. I always said, "Oh, I never get hurt. I never mm-hmm. get hurt." And I used to freely say, it, and everyone was like, "No, <laughs> don't say that. Knock on wood. Whatever you do, don't say it. You're just going to jinx yourself." And I was that guy that was like, "No, I'm invincible. My training will separate me from you know the other guys to get hurt. All this yada yada yada." And of course, it happened on something that I do. All the time, a very routine, you know, for me, routine uh, move. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You're in the match with Kane. Right? Uh-huh. And match with Kane, first night of the European tour, um, defending the title over there. And we're in Dublin, and I'm just doing, we're at the end of the match. It's like a no-DQ match, I think. And just one of those things where Kane's 300 pounds, so I can't powerbomb him from the ground. So, you know, he's up on the second rope, and I sunset flip over him. And I usually just land on my feet, get myself set, and then I can lift him up off the second and move him around. And I was going to put him through the table. And I flip over him, and... Kane's. This is the first time I've done this to Kane, and he's uh, seven, legitimately seven feet tall, three hundred and thirty pounds, and a big guy to be up on those ropes. So, right. whether or not his size and just body position changed my landing or whatever, or if it was just an off night for me, whatever. But I landed on the instep of my right foot, and my knee just went boom inward and i was i mean if you know you're listening to the podcast you've probably seen the footage a million times uh it's ugly when you watch it yeah it's one of those ones you don't want to really watch more than yeah yeah and it felt um strangely normal you know i mean for we do it so much that we always there's always something you know where Mm -hmm. you're like oh that was a little weird and you kind of shake it off and everything's like oh wait no i think that's all right 
and then maybe the next day and it just kind of lingers and goes away so that it was like that it, it was a quick bam and i was like ooh, shoot and then my knee felt a little loose and i've sprained my mcl before so like i kind of thought it was something along those lines you know and i was able to finish the match and still do you know i still picked kane up and power bombed him through the table and still did the pedigree and i was okay and went to the back and i have kind of my knees are um very mobile anyway so when the docs were checking me out they were you know didn't all appearances there wasn't a whole lot of swelling it didn't seem like anything was too too wrong so uh they put a brace on it got on the the jet we went to cardiff and um i was planning on i was planning on doing the rest of the tour like i was like i'll just do some tag matches for a couple nights or some shows were left i mean we had it was that was literally the first night so we had Mm. two two weeks left so wow another 14 days yeah 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 so And and those we work in europe Every night. Every night, yeah. yeah. There's no no in between. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, it'd be fine. Just do a couple do some tag matches, take it easy for a couple of days while it, you know, heals up. But we did MRI just to be sure in Cardiff on Monday and then I got a call from uh, Doc Gaiman and he's just like, Nah, uh, you're not <laughs> you're not gonna do the rest of the tour. We're gonna send you to Birmingham because you tore, you know, both your MCL and ACL. Wow. And uh, the meniscus is damaged. That's so. the triple whammy. Yeah, that's those, the big one. Th- that's all three. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. So that's I mean, those are the worst things to get done because the other ligaments and even even the MCL when it's torn can be. You can work through it a little bit with a yeah. brace. An ACL, guys put on a brace, and they can work through it. Uh, the meniscus is painful if it's torn, but a lot of times, if it's just the meniscus, they'll just take it out, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll feel okay after a couple weeks. This one was all three. They had to repair all of it. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, they gave me six to nine months uh, for recovery, wow. yeah. Now, as a, as a highly trained athlete, you mentioned you train hard with CrossFit, plus in the ring, doing all of these great matches, and plus you're the world champion. How do you feel when they say, hey, man, you've got six to nine months vacation? You know, it was uh, a lot of feelings at once because as the champion, man, there's a lot of pressure. And you put the, you put that pressure on yourself to go out every night and perform because you want the title. You want to be in that spot. That's why we all get into this business is to be that guy. And, uh, you know, to know that that's not, you, don't, you don't have a choice anymore and they're just going to take that away from you. Uh, what you pretty much worked for your whole life uh, for one split second, you know, one wrong landing is uh, is, is a heartbreaking feeling. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, what? Like, you know, you, you work, 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 and then all of a sudden it's gone. It's just, it's like a, it's like a, it's literally like a, you know, your if your girlfriend is up and left you one day, the love of your life, you got, you know, you got everything you ever want, and then poof, gone. You come home to an empty house. You took your dog, took your furniture, and you're just like, well, now I got to start over. Mm-hmm. So it was tough. Uh, that part sucked a lot. Um, at the same time, I had not really had, uh, you know, I've been doing this 12 years. I hadn't had a period of time off, especially since I started with WWE six years ago, almost seven years ago now. So I hadn't had any extended time off, just been running, running, running from NXT all the way through. And so um, to an extent, I was, I needed the break. I just didn't know it right away, you know. And right away, I was just like, oh, this sucks. Let's get back to work. Or is there something else we can do? You know, you know, you explore other options. But um, yeah, it, it sucked, man. And even I watched the show in Cardiff, um, you know, and just knowing that, just knowing you were going to miss out on that, it was really frustrating. It just you feel like you dis- disappoint everybody and you're mm-hmm. letting everybody down, and that that's not a good feeling. Um, but like I said, I put that pressure on myself. So none of it's not like any of the boys or the fans were like 
screw you, Rollins. Yeah. Actually, except, and maybe we're on the podcast, so, I, and I'm not, and I have all the respect in the world for this guy, but this one hurt my feelings more than anything, was Bret Hart. Bret what, Hart what? had, yeah, Bret Hart had some comments about me and my, um, how safe I am in the ring because of the John's nose. Um, uh-huh. And then me getting hurt while I was the champion, and just said that you couldn't do that because people relied on you as a yeah as a top guy, and that hurt my feelings. Like, and I haven't seen Brett since then, but like, I mean, I, I know he comes from a different era when he worked through a lot of stuff. But man, like that sucked. I that hurt my feelings. I'm like, dude, I idolized you. Like, you were one of the guys who, at you know, six foot one, two thirty, you were a guy who I was like. Hey, I can do that because mm-hmm. Bret Hart does it. So, like, for him to, like, I mean, he's got to know how hard I'm working every night. For him to kind of say that in an interview, was, I think it was like a Sports Illustrated interview. I was like, man. That, but to say that, that you can't get hurt when you're the champion, what what choice do you have? Like you said, it's not like you do, okay, I'm going to do a triple Lindy off the top rope to the floor. It's a pretty much an everyday move, yeah. which is how you get hurt. Yeah. It's yeah. never on the dangerous Phoenix splash you can do and all yeah. that stuff. It's always in stuff like that. So, so where is the choice that you had? Yeah, I, I don't know. And mm. I mean, unless it was, I don't. I would love to have the discussion with him, you know, mm. and to be like, hey, like, what, what did you mean by that? Is there something I can learn from this experience, you know? Because for me, like you said, it was a very routine, simple as a close. Not a dangerous. Or, no, no, not not a dangerous. I've yeah. done it literally a million times. Never even had close to an issue with mm-hmm. it. So it wasn't even something that I considered. Like, oh, this is a problem. Like, for me, it was a safe way to put hmm, Kane sure. to the table. So, um, yeah, that one hurt my feelings. So, yeah, there was, it, it, you put that pressure on yourself, but he was the only one who kind of <laughs> was like made me feel like, oh, man, do but, I need to reevaluate my situation but thing here? But too is Brett, of course, was put out of wrestling by a, a super kick from Goldberg. Yeah. That'd be like saying, hey, Brett, you know, you shouldn't have uh, gotten a bad concussion and been being taken out of wrestling. By a super kick, like how do you know? Yeah, so. that's what. And, and you look at you know, and it's the safety thing too. You and I both know, accidents happen. In the mm-hmm. ring. That's by no means did I intentionally want to break John Cena's nose. By no means, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, no means did I want to do that. And any time, and I've been hurt by people, and they've hurt me, and that's just how that's the, mm-hmm. that's the gig, right? That's the gig. So it's fine. And I'm like, there's plenty of guys who. You know, were have been hurt in 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 that position. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, maybe if he's just trying to get some, you know, I stir the he, pot he, a little I think bit. He, or... he says stuff sometimes where you'd be like, what? What? He said some stuff about me one time. He said that uh, watching Jericho's match, it looks like he's reciting the Gettysburg Address during every match because I'm so blatantly calling spots. Oh, for God's sake. And it's like, really? Like, you have to say that? Like, come on, man. Yeah. You know? Like, now I want to go watch, like, any Bret Hart match and see, oh, I saw you calling something. But, you know, some guys just say certain things, you know, and that's just the way it is. But Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the scene of breaking of the nose, because that was – and listen, when we sign up to do this business, it's like signing up to be a soldier. Yeah. Or a lumberjack. Like, hey, the tree fell on Sammy the lumberjack. Well, you kind of, you know. Sure. But that nose was brutal. Like, it was the worst looking broken nose I've ever seen. Yeah, that was really bad. I mean, and I, dude, I, he looked gnarly. I, uh, I felt so bad. Was that from a knee or what did you do? Yeah, it was just a knee. We were trading shots and, like, 
I threw a high knee to just to sep- just for some separation so we could get to you know whatever the next thing we were doing was. And for whatever reason, I mean, look, John will be the first guy to admit he's a clumsy fella. He, he's not a <laughs> yeah. he's not a graceful individual. That's true. And um, he kind of you know when he's not sure about stuff for for his own protection, a lot of times he'll put his body into whatever you're doing. Like if you're throwing uh, punches at him or forms, he'll he'll I he leans a little bit. And what he we just it was just one of those things where we. Talk Talked about it. First time I had really tried it, but we didn't, you know, it wasn't something we went over. And for whatever reason, the timing of it was just, we call it perfect or imperfect, whatever you want. But man, it, and I had, and I wear knee pads too, you know, like a wow, pretty thick right. knee pad. And I felt that thing, heard it through the nose, just a pop and a crunch. And like he went down, and I was like, Oh no, this is no good. And then he went down, went to the corner, and you, you know, I'm just doing my thing in the ring, waiting to see. And then he comes up like a bat out of hell, just blood face, like ah! he looked like uh, like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's, you know, he's come on, Lou, come on, Lou. And then like he finally drops him, and he thinks he's fine. And then he jumps back up, and he's. Ah! With all the blood on the face, yeah, that's yeah. what he came. He came at just throwing haymakers, just like, rah, rah, rah. and then sure enough, as soon as like take, took a shot at him, he went right back down. But like, I was like, oh my god, this guy's an animal, man! And like, they they wanted to stop the match so bad, you know? They got the gloves sure, on, right. he's bleeding profusely, and they're trying to stop it. But I mean, it was a, like you said, it was a gnarly break. They showed the they had to show the picture in black and white on Raw because they can't. We couldn't even do it in color because it was so gruesome, and so. Uh, he uh he dude but dude what a warrior he is because he went and got emergency surgery like that week or whatever he missed i want to say two weeks three weeks maybe at most and was at and it wasn't just like oh we're gonna reset your nose like it was up into his orbital bone like it was a bad break he had to get a lot of stuff fixed in there and they even told him hey this is what we're doing temporarily we're gonna have to do more down the road oh wow because this is this is a good chance this may not you know sit right so be careful yada 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 and then he was there in in brooklyn for SummerSlam, and we were have doing everything in the book so uh, he's just dude he's whatever you say about john and i love the guy but whatever people say about him he is one tough dedicated dude he's he's an x-man like, yeah, that's mutant. his mut- mutant powers of healing. Yeah, he's the same guy that went and had that neck surgery that all like Steve had it and a- a- Edge had it. Like that, you're done mm. or cleaned up whatever it was. He got the neck surgery and showed up later that afternoon at Raw just to hang out. <laughs> and of course, you know, John didn't sell a damn thing. No, what are you doing? What do you mean? Why are you here? Why wouldn't I be here? <laughs> you just got surgery, you know. So, yeah. you know, so yeah, like, like you said, that's just kind of the guy that he yeah, is. And he's always been my measuring stick. Like he's been my guy, you know, he, cause when I came into the company, he's the top guy. So he's the guy who I look at as the example for who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. I want to be in that. I want that spot. So how does John operate? That's how I operate. So a lot of my, you know, I train when people don't want to train and I like my rehab for the knee. Like I was like, well, if John is going to get back 
in however many months, then that's where I got to target that. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's really an unreasonable expectation because, like you said, he's he's got mutant powers. But um, it's a good example. He he's legitimately a great example for younger guys and just how hard to work to be in that position because it it takes a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. just today, for example, he was in New York this morning doing the Today Show and right. then flew here and he's here at Raw before me. So it's <laughs> but you, know, you did beat him by a week. So you got that. I did beat him by uh, by a week. I was very <laughs> happy about that. Yeah. Well, that's another thing too. When you got hurt, it was like right in the middle or the start of or one of these horrible rash of injuries. Cesaro went out at the same time. John Orton. Yep. Bunch of guys and with big long term six seven month injuries. Yeah. You, know? you look at it. I mean, it trickled down too. Was, I ran. I think was out before me, and then and then I went out, and then John, and then Cesaro within a month, and then you had Neville, right? Neville got then you had out. Harper, and now you had Wyatt, right? You had all these guys, and the I mean, we're, and we're talking Cesaro, Neville, myself, uh, the three, three of us never like Neville's never right. had an injury ever in his career. I've never had anything that's put me out longer than a couple. Of, you know, I had neck surgery when I was twenty four. That put me out a couple months. Mm. Um, but that was it, and and Cesaro too never had a, a, an injury that had taken more than a couple weeks. That was just a nagging thing. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. It was just some bad water. I don't know. Yeah. I, one of those freak things, man. People kind of point fingers and say the style and the schedule and yada yada yada, but. Uh, and it's just one of those. That's things. always been there. The style yeah. and the schedule has been the same for years. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. Just, I don't think that's. It's it. just like you said. It's just some bad luck and some. I think all of us get one injury in our career at some point. Sure. So hopefully that was it for all. Of us, you know, <laughs> for all of us at once, right? So yeah. when you finally start um, coming to terms with the fact, like I remember when I got suspended. Uh, for kicking the flag, it was for a month. And the first week, I was so mad and like angry, and then the second week, I was like, "Oh, this isn't so bad." And the second, the third, fourth week, I was like, "This is great," because like you said, you never get a break never. unless you get hurt. Mm-hmm. So how how was it for you? When um, how long did it take for you to realize? Okay, listen, I gotta just make this make this work now. Well, I'm a goal oriented kind of dude, so like from day one, I had, I put a date on it. I said this is when I want to try to get back. I'm gonna do whatever I can rehab wise. I'm gonna focus on that and try to take use it as a, as use it as a distraction to take my mind off of being gone from the road and from the life that I'm used to. Um, but to be honest, the first two months really were gnarly because I'm in a a, a leg brace that keeps your knee straight the whole time. Wow, with right. the MCL, so like I sleeping in that thing there's a considerable amount of pain and you know you take the you, they give you the the pain pills and stuff like that and i'm not a pill guy i don't like them so i'm trying to wean them off but it's too soon so then i'm hurting and i'm not sleeping and it just i had to have been i mean i'm a i'm a terrible i'm a miserable person as it is so i can only imagine <laughs> what kind of human being i was for the first two months so the people that were around me if you're listening to this thank you very much for being <laughs> there for me and understanding how terrible it was for me for that. I mean, November, December were just garbage, mm-hmm. just garbage months for me. Um, but then after that, you know, the brace came off. I started to be able to sleep better and I was watching football and my couch every sunday you know and i was hanging you out. said that to me yeah, I, was, quote, yeah. I was hanging hanging out with my friends and i got a new car that i could drive and i could take trips whenever i wanted and like sleeping in my bed every night you know so like that kind of stuff you take it for granted when you do this job because don't get me wrong we love the jobs Absolutely. we love it it's great it's amazing there's literally nothing else i would rather do than travel the world and perform for 
the fans. That's what I love to do. Tell stories, all that good stuff. But you take for granted the little things that you leave behind. The family, the friends, and just the, the you know, sitting on your butt playing video games for a day. Or, like, being able to go to your own gym and, and even eating on the regular basis or you know what I mean just little stuff like that it's uh it's stuff you take for granted that everyone else kind of just does in routine and like I was having like a I was having weekends you know what I mean like it would get to like Saturday and people were like free and I'm like oh a week this is like a weekend right yeah, this is, this <laughs> like a real person yeah, is what you do you're like <laughs> grind Monday through Friday and then you hang out on the weekends right it's so weird it's uh it's crazy yeah. but yeah it was a good time man I really enjoyed the process and um as far as, you know, I didn't, I watched the show every week and I, I enjoyed, but I was able to look at it, watch it a little bit differently, you know, and not like when you're in it, it's different. How, how is it watching it when you're not in it? Well, when you're in it, you're in a bubble, you know, it's very hard, especially um, for me when I left, I was doing on, on Raw, I was doing just massive amounts of work every week where I would do a promo and two seg match and, you know, a lot of backstage stuff. So it was so hard for me to keep an eye on what everybody else was doing and just the 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 quality of the program in general mm-hmm. i could sometimes i would get done and i'd get in the car and i'd ask Cesaro, i'd be like hey was how was the show mm-hmm. or like how was my stuff was it any good like i cuz i don't know i did so much and you can only you can't look at it as a whole you have to just focus on one piece of it otherwise you're going to you're going to lose you know you're going to get sidetracked and lose your your frame of mind so you got to just focus on one thing at a time and uh, so watching it from a distance, I was able to watch it somewhat as a fan, as much of a fan as we can watch it anymore, but also just be able to see the entirety of the show, see how the stories are laid out, just kind of watch the progression that the characters go through. It was just cool to see it, and you get a different appreciation than when you're in it. You mm-hmm. step outside the bubble and kind of see how, you know, because you know how it gets done every week, and now you get to step outside and watch and know, like, oh, man, that's... That's going to be tough. That's just a tough one. Or, man, they killed that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I texted you a couple times yeah. talking just having – because you were having some great matches. And I was just a real big fan of um, your your work the last couple months, just the heel stuff, oh, just thanks, going man. out of your way. But, I mean, just God, you know, just I love being a heel. So <laughs> yeah. I just appreciate when guys – take the time to actually do it you know so it's nice it was just nice to watch so and i sent texts to some other guys just talking you know every once in a while i'll be like you know i talked to becky lynch and give her a little bit of this and that or cesaro and i would tell he would text me every week and ask about the show and the guys that were out too when he when cesaro was out and john was out we would back and forth a little bit or harper too yeah just as you know so and it just it just lets you you know get a different view of it and and it's interesting too because then we they started bringing in a lot of these new cats right the bullet club guys and aj and and the you know anderson and gallows and then sammy came up and and um there's just a lot of a lot of new big casts uh enzo all the nxt guys they brought up and i'm like man you start to after a while be like do i do i fit into this anymore <laughs> yeah. is there, is there right. a spot for me you know well, you're right you know you feel that too like i, I think the other day i was uh, in a tag match with Sammy and Ambrose and Kevin Owens and I'm looking I'm like gosh these guys are all like you know 30 years old and like <laughs> new era like when's Vince gonna call me and just say okay it's time to go home you know what I mean like <laughs> is that gonna happen what am I gonna do but you wonder about that sort of stuff because the the, the the point of the business is to always have new talent come in yep and that's and especially these guys your your guys' generation reminds me of my guys' generation where guys were working around the world yep. and when they come to WWE they have all this experience and we kind of went away for that for a while and yep. now we're back with all you guys 
did it that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's refreshing to see. And um, it, there, like you said, we went away from it for a while, and there was certainly uh, my group of guys. Uh, there was certainly an apprehension. We didn't know if the business would ever go back to that being that way where we took guys who had take, had taken the time to get the experience and put them in positions to succeed when the time was right because that's how it had been for mm-hmm. a very long time. Uh, obviously, the, the advent of the developmental system changed that a little bit in the way they were scouting talent and stuff and yada, 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 a lot of factors that went into that. But now, like you said, it's back to that, I feel like. And the guys um, – and Triple H has a lot to do with that, the way he's scouting talent and bringing in guys from the independents and stuff like that. But it's just a whole – it's great. It's really awesome to see guys get opportunities that maybe I, you know people thought never would. I never thought – hell, I never thought Kevin Owens would get an opportunity here. Yeah, the, ant- the antithesis of what a WWE superstar looks like. It looks like 100%. Quote, unquote. Yeah. yeah. And even and I always loved Kevin. I've been friends with him for years. I think his work is great. But I mean, even his work, people were like, "Oh, that's not the WWE style. He doesn't have the WWE look." Like, yeah, the kid can cut a promo. You know what I mean? There's all these things, but 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 but. And the fact that the guys are getting opportunities, a Sami Zayn and Apollo Cruz, uh, you know, myself, people forget that I'm kind of lumped into that. Mm-hmm. I'm in that generation too. You are so, sure. Um, I just think that that's awesome. It's it's really refreshing to have that. But at the same time, like you said, there's only so many spots. Mm-hmm. And so when you're out of action and you're seeing these spots getting filled, you're like, hey, is there a place for me here? Yeah. Is there a spot for me? So there's certainly, again, that added to the nervousness of you know coming back and, and knowing if I could hang. So it's, it's just uh, it's, it's cool. The competition's good iron sharpens iron type thing but it's certainly it's a Did good, you good nervous energy talk to vince at all or triple h when you got hurt like is the i mean like when you get hurt the first thing you're like ah oh, i'm so sorry i got hurt like did you ever get any words of like hey don't worry just get better and you're all yeah that was all i got you know um and as we were getting closer to wrestlemania time i was always kind of like poking my head in seeing like you know texting here and there hey what's going on you know i'm getting feeling pretty good because <laughs> uh, i wanted to god i wanted to be on that show badly um and uh but yeah i mean hunter was you know he's been my guy and he always from day one was like just dude just get healthy don't worry about it you know he knows the feeling too he, he knows yeah. it it happened to him multiple times where he had to take you know six nine months off i mean his quad was almost a year yeah that's first right quad tear so true. he he knows he gets it but again they looking at business from a long-term perspective i just turned 30 i've got a lot of years left yeah. and they're not wanting me to rush back and you know put my knee in a compromising position or the rest of my body for that mm-hmm. matter if i'm if i'm weighing on the knee a little bit too much or my mind's not if it's not all there you know they wanted me to be 100 percent ready to go let's make sure that you're good before Mm. we get moving so all right there are some seriously talented luchadors in aew and not all of them speak english which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes that's why i signed up for rosetta stone i'm learning spanish amigos amigas see already learning haha rosetta stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key, 
And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words, sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. I remember sitting here still with Seth Rollins, and uh, you were just talking about all the new guys who've been coming into the WWE and the new attitude um, of hiring guys from the indies. Yep. Do you watch anything other than WWE? Do you kind of know what's out there? I keep tabs on it a little bit, um, and I mean, I don't sit and like, okay, you know, watch the shows and stuff like that. But I keep tabs here and there. I uh, man, once we once I started on the road here, probably like the, after the first year, I just don't. It's so hard for me in my free time to just watch wrestling, I hear watch it, watch it. Because I, wa- I, mean, I watch all the live events, so watch all the matches, TV. I try to keep track of what I can when I'm here. But, uh, you know, you're so immersed in it that when, I'm, when I have the downtime, I need to chill. You know, The I'm last saying? thing you want to do is yeah. watch wrestling. Yeah. But I, I do keep tabs on it, you know, I, especially when there's something with a lot of hype. So I just took the time to watch the, the Ricochet and the Will Ospreay match from uh, New Japan. I haven't seen I heard it was amazing. Oh, it was incredible, you know, and, and there's a lot of old timers out there that want to <laughs> say that they're you know they're not selling and this yeah. and that and yada yada killing the business i'm like oh get out of town yeah just give me a break but whatever i they're both of them super athletic incredible like incredibly talented high-flying dudes like i think regal put up a uh, william regal put up a great tweet about it if you have the time to go check it out i don't want to even try to quote quote it because i'll screw it up and i'll do a bad english accent <laughs> but uh yeah he i mean and he's a guy who you know 30 plus years in the business and he's been all over the world in every single style you could ever think of mm-hmm. uh and is a stickler for storytelling and detail and he not, i didn't say he put the match over but he was you know basically like come on guys give me a break it's, i, I it's, think you know and if you had ricochet in there against you know me or you, we would have a different style of match yeah but when you have those two guys that's their forte mm-hmm. let them unleash sure. and, and do that yeah that's the idea yeah i mean it's the that's the that's what we do it's about creating a connection with the audience yes and no one wants to read a bad story so they could sit there and work a body part and tell a story but if they suck at it then that's then what's the point right mm-hmm. so create the connection with the audience and if that's how you do it you know the trapeze artists at a circus still create a connection with the audience yeah. You go to Cirque du Soleil, you see all the different circus acts. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I want to see all that stuff. I want to see the guys on the trampolines, and I want to see the strongmen, and I want to see the contortionists. I want to see all that stuff. So, just, I don't know. I I was reading, uh, I think it was Vader that was talking to, I don't even know why someone pointed this out to me or something. So, I checked it out and had this big, long tweet about what you were saying. Yeah. And he's, like, flying all over the place and this and the other thing. I was like... Weren't you known for doing a moonsault? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't like that the big draw of Vader's that he does a moonsault? Yeah, so doesn't that kind of a flying thing? The athletic big man, yeah. <laughs> right? He was known that was part of his <laughs> shtick. Like and I'm sure 
countless people told him, oh, you're 400 pounds. Yeah, what are you doing that shit yeah, for? Stay yeah. on your feet. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, F you, you know. I'm sure he's, <laughs> this is my deal. But yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, I think, really. So kudos to those guys for out, you know, going out and creating a match that got some buzz. Sure, exactly. Right. I dig it. We, we mentioned briefly just, just something that you did when you were off that you never had time to do before. You said you got LASIK surgery. Yeah, I got my eyes done, man. Now, that is a trip. I had it done too. Mm. Like, isn't it amazing, dude? It's 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 a marvel of modern technology. People, you know, we've you said you had it done like a decade ago, yeah. right? So it's been around probably 15, 20 years. Obviously, advanced as the mm-hmm. years have gone by. But I mean, I woke up one morning, blind, not blind, but I mean, blurry. I couldn't see ten feet in front of me. Uh, and then I go in, I get the the surgery, which takes. How many, you know, two, three minutes or whatever. One eye, next eye, you put the goggles on. They numb you up beforehand. You don't feel a thing. Uh, I went home. I went to sleep for four or five hours. I wake up and I can see. (laughs) I can see. Like, and then it only gets better. Like for the next two months, I'm like, we're we're standing, gee, fifty yards away from that sign earlier today with this tiny little type, and I'm reading. Oh no, it's dot com right there. (laughs) He's like, like, what? You can read that? See that? Laser eyes, bro. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. You just don't have the time to do stuff like that when you're running, yeah. running, running. Because you need a little bit of time to let the you know the, everything heal back up and stuff. So that, and I uh, got a new car that I drive around. It's nice. Uh, drove it up here to Green Bay. Bought a Tesla, all electric. So that's cool. That's just something that I would have probably not done. Had now, I, and how and how does that work? The electric. You, 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 well, so Tesla's owned by Elon Musk, who's like this just genius of a you know technological wizardy type guy, and uh, they have all electric vehicles, and it's a nice, it's a nice, you know, it's a sedan. It's not like a you know Nissan Leaf or whatever mm-hmm. the other ones are, mm-hmm. and uh, he has taken the liberty of putting superchargers all across the world. I mean, he's got uh, hundreds in the United States. They've got a bunch in Europe, and I think they're moving some into China and Japan now. Well, supercharger meaning meaning you so at home you so you have to plug the car into charger. There's no gas. It's not a hybrid. There's literally no emissions at all. Wow. There's only the only thing in the car that's fluid is the wiper fluid. That's it. Hmm. Nothing. You don't have to serve it none of that no oil nothing wow because there's no engine there's nothing it's beautiful and where the engine would be there's a trunk you have what they call a frunk it's a frunk you have extra space uh which is always a trip going to the grocery store and putting your groceries in the frunk and people are like what is happening right now right what is he doing um so yeah the cool thing about it is the it's free there's no the electricity obviously is not free, but you don't pay to charge. So you you drive, you know, my, my car gets 270 miles to a charge, full charge. You drive, 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 and then on their little GPS thing, they have all these superchargers plotted out where they're at. So if you're taking a long trip, it'll plot you through the superchargers. You stop, plug in, it will charge your entire battery in 45 minutes from nothing for wow. free. For free, so and these chargers are all in cool places. Like they're in, like they're not like out in the middle of nowhere. They're like in a, you know, like yesterday I was in Madison, Wisconsin, at a mall where there was a bunch of food around. So you just stop and get a bite for a little while, hang out, you plug your car in, charge up for free, no emissions. It's it's a beautiful thing. How fast does it go? Well, so the top speed I don't know, but the kick is the acceleration. So there's no um, there's no gears, right? There's no you don't have to shift or anything like that. Even an automatic. There's no transmission, basically, is what I'm saying. So when you hit the pedal, it's like getting shot out of a cannon. It's like, have, I don't know if you've ever been on one of those roller coasters that, like, instead of taking you up and dropping you, it just, like, zoop, 
just shoots you. <laughs> That's what it feels like. So it goes mine without the ludicrous mode. Don't be disappointed, Tesla owners out there. I didn't get the ludicrous mode. Oh, you can get a ludicrous mode? You you can get a ludicrous mode. Which that, goes really fast? It goes like extra fast. Okay. It goes zero to 60 in like three seconds. Wow. That seems dangerous. It's very quick. <laughs> uh, and this one goes zero to 60. Mine goes zero to 60 in like four seconds. So whatever. But the, the, the big sell on it for me is the auto drive feature. It drives you. It, it drives you. It auto steers, autopilots you, which is insanity. How? It reads the, uh, it has cameras all around the car and it can detect the road lines and the car in front of you, cars in front of you. So it's basically like cruise control while reading the, the lines on the road. It knows the speed limit and all that. So you double click a little uh, fob on the side of the steering wheel when, it's, when it tells you it's ready and then it just locks into those lines and it takes you. So when you're on the interstate, it's literally your hands free. You, you, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible, dude. It's incredible. You know, it's funny because like hearing you tell me about this, I kind of heard about it, but had no idea it was this high tech. And like, yeah, so it, I'm surprised that they that the uh, you know gas companies or Ford Motors or whatever allowed this to be made. So that's a big that's a big issue actually. There are some states. So the way Tesla does their um, their sales is not like a normal car, car sales situation. Like you don't buy it at a – like you can't just buy it at a lot owned by – like if you started a, you know, Chris Jericho's car sales, mm-hmm. you can't sell Teslas. You have to – it's only Tesla stores like – and you can order it online like specifically how you want it. Okay. So Iowa, for example, I believe Iowa and Michigan, just out of, ex- of two examples, do not have Tesla dealers. So I had to go to Chicago to buy my car. And like these states are very resistant to introducing all electric cars because obviously the more that there are, the less gas will be used, the less taxes, exactly. all that stuff. So um, that's definitely an issue. And they just unveiled the Tesla Model 3, I want to say, in March. And so my, my Teslas, they're expensive, right? They're an expensive car. But the Model 3 is a reasonably pl- priced vehicle, all-electric vehicle. They've already pre-sold, if I'm not mistaken, over 500,000 models of the Tesla 3, Model 3, which is more than, say, all – like Nissan sells – Less than all their models combined sell less than that in a year. Yes, absolutely. All their models combined. So that's going to be very interesting. Those those Model 3s start shipping in um, late 2017, I think. So when they start doing that, it's going to be a whole new ball game. But that's the way that the world is going. I hope. You know what I mean, right? Because even yeah. like, you, you know, my cousin is, is a big oil exec up in, in Alberta. And he's like, there's only so much oil. Yeah. In the world, it's not like it, it makes new oil. It's like it's there. So when this oil is done, gas is done, yeah. and it could be a hundred years from now, or, or ten years from now, or a thousand. I don't know. So this is now going to save gas and eliminate the need for it in, in that whole way. Ideally, yeah. I mean, fossil fuels, uh, aside from the greenhouse effect, that's if, whether you believe in climate change or not, it exists. And beside, aside from that, there's only so much. So you have to find renewable sources of energy. Uh, obviously, the sun is the best one. So uh, Tesla does a really good job of trying to use, harness mm-hmm. solar energy. That's their next gig. Um, they have power walls, which you can, which are basically like um, energy storage, home storage storage units um, that you can, you know, you can use solar panels on your house and it stores your solar energy and stuff like that. So 
um, that's the gig. That's the next step, and that's the only way you know to have a sustainable future in the next you know couple hundred years. It's the mm-hmm. only way it's going to work. Get the rate that we consume our fossil fuels. It's unbelievable. So I'm just I'm reducing my carbon footprint. That's what's happening right <laughs> now. The Tesla is the first step. When I build my uh, Daniel Bryan type house here in the next few <laughs> years, uh, that'll be. Um, That'll be the next step. So I'm working on what, it. What did you think of uh, of Daniel having to having to retire? Oh, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, his health is obviously more important than what he can give to us for, you know, our industry and stuff like that. And he's a friend of mine. I've known Brian. I respected him for a really long time. For anybody that's ever met him, and you know him, he's Absolutely. literally just the greatest. Human literally, being. like one of the nicest guys. So ever. awesome. Like for real. Nice and funny and just a stand-up dude you could you know you could trust him with your kids with your house you could literally anything like he's just like i would let him watch my dog you know what i'm saying and i don't let a lot of people watch my dog so he's like just awesome 100 percent. and to have to watch him uh you know i was out when he uh had to That's announce right. his retirement yeah. not be able to be there um selfishly for me was sad i wanted to be able to be there and say goodbye to him and stuff like that but man just to watch having watch him do that i just poof, that was a that was really hard for me i watched it at home and like i was trying so hard not to cry through that whole damn thing trying 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 and i made it most of the way and there were a couple times where like he starts talking about his father and i'm getting close and maybe like you know <laughs> yeah tear in the eye one but dude at the end like when brie ran out there with him i just that was it for me i was done i sobbed like a baby man <laughs> i felt like a infant just crying yeah. crying crying it was uh, very sad you know I, I can't imagine try to put myself in his shoes like I don't know what that would feel like. I honestly can't. Well, I mean, you kind of have a little taste of it because you just had it. It gets yeah. taken away from you, and you're done. The same thing happened with Adam. Adam was a little older, but still, he shows up one day, and it's like, hey, you, you're never wrestling again. Like, yeah. What? What are you talking about? I'm the champion. Yeah. Another guy who had to give up the yeah. championship, you know? Yeah, that, that for, for me, I mean, I can't even compare them to those two situations because mm-hmm. at least for me, they're like, no, six to nine months, you'll be as good as new. I cannot imagine showing up one day or going to see a doctor and then all of a sudden I go from thinking I've got 10 more years on my career or whatever, retire on my own terms, to having, like, no, you're just not wrestling mm-hmm. anymore. You're Done. just not doing it. This whole thing that you've worked your whole life, it's all you know. All you know. Now what? Because it's, you know? yeah. it's for the most, most of us, it's all we know. And you've taken time off and you've done other things, but I mean, Brian wasn't that guy. He hadn't taken the time to do that. You know, he just, all he, all he had done, and I'm kind of the same way. And I have a bit of a, a fear in that way that when this is gone, I'm going to be like, what the hell do I do? Um, he, he's, I can't, I literally can't imagine that. I don't know what I would, I don't know how I would feel. And it's nice to see him. You know, if you follow him on social media at all, you see kind of what he's doing a little bit now. Building barn doors and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, just getting, just getting around to doing other stuff, which is nice. And uh, I'm sure he misses it like crazy and all, but he always had a lot of other interests that he was um, keen on. So, like, hopefully now once he can step away for a little while and start to get in back into those. And, you know, he looked like he was taking little weightlifting a little more seriously. And, uh, jiu-jitsu. Jiu- and back getting back stuff, into yeah. jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. So hopefully... He'll find some things that will, um, you know, satisfy his 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 life yeah, goals, right. you know, because it's he. I mean, kudos to him. He achieved everything he ever wanted, you know, but still not being able to go on your own terms is that's the yeah. 
That hurts. When you got kind of over the hump of, of the injury and then the rehab and all that stuff, how far out did you know that you were going to be coming back last week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a week beforehand, okay. like right. two weeks, like two weeks maybe at most. I was um, I was just in the gym one afternoon. I get a call from uh, Mark Carano. He says, "All right, here's the plan. You're coming back at Extreme Rules." I said, "What?" I'm, I like we had not discussed anything about this. Nobody had texted me. How are you doing? Uh, Nothing. What would do you f- think about this? Yeah. Would, what do you think about this idea? <laughs> you know, do you have any ideas of your own? And I had been feeling good, so I'd kind of been, you know, texting uh, Triple H and uh, Michael Hayes and just being like, "Hey, if you hear anything, buzz me. Like, I'd like to be part of the creative process on this. It's important, I think. Mm. So." Let's have an open line of communication on that because sometimes it's not always like that. So uh, I, you know, gave him what I thought was a nice advance on that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're saying you're back. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not even cleared. So Chrono's like, yeah, we're working on that. You'll go down to Florida for, uh, you know, a week. So they sent me down to Florida for, I think I went for five days. A week was a little, I didn't need a week. Right. Five days, got in the ring every day with the staff down there. Who'd you work with down there? Um, in the ring? Yeah, just like as a, as a, partner oh work. ty dillinger okay yeah perfect 10 tie i mean he's been around the block he's so easy to work with i'm i was thankful they didn't stick me with somebody else because i mean you put me with one of those green guys i'd be like eh, i don't know oh, absolutely guys yeah I'm, i was nervous but ty's 100 percent professional super good and easy and it was fun to that's actually the first time like he's been in developmental twice but he we never crossed paths never not on the indies not in developmental he was gone before i got there and then i was on the road before he came back so we literally never crossed paths but he's one of those guys that i got in the ring with and it was just like yeah you know he's, I mean? yeah well, you want someone you can trust yeah and i and i had no problems with that once once you know once you start talking and tying up and just rolling around you could feel like it was going to be super was there something like i had a a a bad disc problem years ago and actually that's when i started doing yoga Mm -hmm. and i was told um the only thing you shouldn't do is the is the moon salt the lion salt yeah which of course tell us that sort of stuff and all (laughs) i can think about is doing it yeah so the first time i did it i was really scared and then it happened it's like "Mm, that was easy and then you start. Was there anything that you did to really try and like? All right, I'm going to test out the old knee. The pedigree. Oh wow, that's right. Yeah, landing on your knees. The one thing they needed me to do at Extreme Rules, I was like, because um, so they took my patella tendon, which is like uh, right in the front there. They took uh-huh. they took the patella tendon, and it's uh. It, it made that front of my knee kind of numb and a little sore to the touch. That's the one that kind of gets sore the most. So they took a third of it. So now it's only two-thirds. And they said it doesn't mess with the strength, but it takes a while for it to feel normal. So of all the things that I had done, I had been back training pretty hard for about two, three months now at this point. Squatting, deadlifting, jumping, landing, jump rope, all everything you could think of. But like touching my knee to the ground was still very weird because I just didn't have, I didn't, I couldn't feel it and it hurt a little bit. So it was like, I just kind of avoided it, you know, just something that I didn't mess with. And, uh, with my wrestling school, I have the ring up. So I'd been in the ring a little bit. I'd taken a bump or two. That's all. Cause God does those suck after you haven't done them for six months. It's like getting thrown a bunch of cold water in your face. Yeah. Like, oh! I was, I took one. And I'm like, why, why are we doing this? What is this? Oh no. But it's different when you're in a match. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is like a bucket of cold water. Like, like if you're sleeping, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he called me, he says, here we go. We're going to send you to Florida. So I was in the ring with Ty and the pedigree was the one thing I had to do. 
So they have, you know, I had a pad and tried it, and I was like, ah, what? let's just do it. Let me just do it. I just need to do it once. It'll be fine. So I did like a couple of like just kind of dropped to my knees, just like, all right, here we go. I can do this. But then like the big one, the kick, the hook, the hook, the big jump back. And then, I, you know, once I got the one out of the way, I was, you know, you hit and you, you assess for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Things are good. Yeah. We're in the clear. All right. Sweet. Let's do it all day. Yeah. So that was the, that was the big one. And, you know, had a little bit of adrenaline because it was the first time I had done it since the uh, injury. But, like, it was a different animal when I got out there, when I ran down at, in, you know, in uh, Jersey. It was, place was going nuts. That I couldn't, you could have. Chop my arm off. I would. Did you run down from the stage or were you under the ring? I couldn't. No, no, tell. no. I run. I ran out. Gotcha. Because you uh, just appeared. So I didn't yeah, know. yeah. I'm quick on that ramp, man. <laughs> I got. I was a lot shorter than WrestleMania, and I made that one super quick. So yeah, I was, it was funny when you appeared. I was like, why is AJ back in the ring? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, wait, that's not AJ. Wait, what? Smallins. Yeah. yeah, we did a good job of keeping it a secret. It's hard yeah. in this day and age. It helped that like. The internet had been speculating-ish since, like, the last pay-per-view that I was, like, backstage at Payback mm-hmm. in Chicago. And I'm like, you idiots. Uh, <laughs> so then, like, they speculated again. He's backstage at, you know, New York, in New Jersey for Extreme Rules. So people were kind of like, yeah, right. That's not even the case. <laughs> so, like, it was a good surprise. I was sequestered on the bus all day, and I didn't, you know, didn't need to be in the building. So I didn't even come inside until uh, their match started. Went to go right straight to Gorilla and... Hung out and just you you go. It was weird too because if you've ever been, I mean, if you've been sequestered on the bus before, a couple times, yeah, yeah, you, you, if you don't feel like you're part of the show, because you're just watching it on a bus. It's like being in your living room on TV. You know, the building's right next door, but you don't hear any of that. You're just like watching it. So I'm just like, like I'm like, man. I feel like I should be more nervous than this. Yeah, and you wish like you wish you could tell somebody like someone come talk to you. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there with nothing to do yeah. for hours. Yeah, I took a nap. I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So uh, yeah, uh, so I'm doing my thing, and then but once I got into the building, and you start to feel that energy of people, kind of the rumble and stuff, and then I got into Gorilla, and you know. I said hi to Vince and all that good stuff, and and I was like, all right, here we are. Now we're ready to go. <laughs> Doing push-ups and gorilla, getting fired up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then once you know, I get the all right, go Whew, out the thing, and it's just like it's it was it was awesome. It was a good You're feeling. Back home, back home, well, yeah, man. One quick question: Whatever happened with the curb stomp? Was it like? Why did they not let you do that anymore? Um, it was right after I won the title at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I just think it was the first time Vince had thought about it. Um, and he just decided that because they're sending footage down to the Today Show, right, to um, for the show, you know, because I'm there and I took the flight that night and they're showing me uh, and they have the footage to back up when we're talking and stuff like that. And a lot of it is me doing the stomp, aside from it having a fairly violent name and connotation, right? Mm. Um, but just the visual of it, he was watching it and he thought to himself that it would be – it's easily imitatable by young children which a lot of our stuff is but for whatever reason he just didn't want, he he that thought just stuck in his yeah it yeah. stuck in his head as a champion as his top guy he just didn't want that to be the lasting image or a reason he didn't want to put any guns in the bullet so mm-hmm. to speak he didn't want to have any reason for people to be like oh what the hell you know what i'm saying so he just removed it from the equation um and i fought it tooth and nail because i love the move you know it's, it's a great looking move it's a great looking move it's super easy if, if you've you know it's super easy it's not you know a lot of people were like oh it was dangerous giving people concussions i'm like no it really wasn't yeah it's very it's if you know how to do it it's a very easy move it's not you can do it to pretty much anybody you know it comes out of nowhere easy counters to it lots of good things going for it except 
that Vince was like, well, I could see, I could see Shane doing this very easily to Stephanie when they were kids. Like he had that vision in his head of Stephanie lying prone on the ground and Shane just stomping her in the back of the head. And I'm like, what do you say? To, what do I even say to that? It's a man and his children. I'm like. Yeah. No, you're stupid, Vince. Yeah. And then you could punch her in the face, too. You know what I mean? Like, there's all sorts of arguments, but at the end of the day, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. How many people have banned moves? You know sure. what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you uh, uh, um, try and think of something else, or was it said that you're just going to use the pedigree? No, the pedigree was a fight. Uh, not a fight, but it, was a, it took a little while to get there because I was like, ah, you know, I, w- I had some other signature stuff that I thought. We could use for finishers like uh, I did the super kick with a guy on his knees for a while, which I will still do. But I did that, uh, and that's an easy one. Um, and then um, I did – trying to think what else. Talked about doing some submissions, but nothing was really good. Um, and then like – Maybe doing the springboard knee for a mm-hmm. finish too, uh, the knee to the side of the yeah. head. But I just didn't like this. I didn't like having to set up. Yeah, you know, that's true. I, I liked. I just need something quick, and you can do it to everybody. I mean, the knee you can do it to everybody, but something quick, and I just didn't like the knee, and I didn't like the risk of having to springboard because mm-hmm. then you know. Sometimes. Every time I look at AJ, he has to do it every night, come yeah. multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, ew. But, uh, but the pedigree was something that I feel very fortunate to have it as a finisher. A, because it was, it's got a built-in response. Sure. Everyone knows yeah. that's the end of the match for the most part because Hunter had done it for years and years and years. And there's two guys in the history of the company that have ever done it myself and triple h right so that's good company and it fit with what we were doing storyline storyline was it fit yeah, yeah so i uh i kind of funny story i texted hunter about it you know when i had the idea i was like hey what would you think about me using the pedigree and he made some sort of like hunter joke that i took as him like you know just skirting around yeah. and not wanting to say anything and i was like hmm i got an idea so i went directly to vince and then we were looking for new finishers and I'm like vince what would you think about me using the pedigree? And he, you know, did his Vince thing where he just sits and thinks about it for a minute and stares off. And then he looked at me and he was like, I love it. It's great. It's perfect. Fits right in with the story. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I win. Excellent. So, so I kind of went around Hunter to get to him, but uh, I don't think he cares. Mm-hmm. At, at the end of the day, you know, he's going to retire. And this is, I, I did it as a tribute, you know, as a yeah. way for, you know, his legacy to kind of, live on in another generation although he's got plenty of those things but this was just one of those but know. at some point too there will be a Rollins Triple H match and what a story you can tell with that there you go right you yeah know? lots of stuff going on there great. so that, that'll be pretty sweet it'll be funny for him to have to take the pedigree I know <laughs> son of a bitch he used to do it when he would just keep your arms locked <laughs> I said yeah like, I, so you couldn't even you just you, eat the mat you face first yeah so <laughs> that'll be I'll be like you do it but you just hold on the whole time right that's how that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly here do it if you have it I'll give you an extra 20 give him one the way that he used to do it <laughs> just as we're getting ready to wrap up here there's, there's a spot I want to talk to you about it's one of my all time favorite spots of, from one of your matches oh, okay which is from Wrestlemania when you work with Orton the finish of that yeah. match was absolutely incredible you go for the curb stomp he stands up you fly six feet in the air and he hits you with the damn RKO <laughs> what a great great finish maybe one of my favorite finishes uh, once in a lifetime honestly one time that's we we uh we i came up with the idea a couple weeks beforehand 
ran it by Cesaro. He said, I think, I think you can do that. Okay, cool. Cesaro's a different animal than Randy. Yeah. So we get to rehearsals that week. We're, we're, and I pitch it to him, and he's like, you know, Randy's like, uh, are you <laughs> sure about what? that? I don't know. So our producers are Mercury and Noble. And uh, Joey's a, a super genius. Jamie is too, but Joey, yeah. Joey was he based for it a couple times. Joey's a good foot shorter than Randy, <laughs> so it's a different height. But Joey and I could get the pop-up down pretty good. Randy and I kept missing it, kept missing it. And neither of us really were interested in taking the bump itself you know, on a Thursday afternoon or whatever because it kind of sucked. Yeah. And, uh, and a practice ring in front of nobody. So we never got it one time practicing that day we got the like the the pop-up but we never actually did the full thing Mm. we come back to mania sunday and we're talking and we had come up with a plan b like out of a you know he was going to get me out of a springboard or something like that you know which we've done and he's everyone's seen it and randy's one of these guys who likes to play it safe sometimes he likes to bat a thousand he said and i have no problem with that he eliminates any chance for error nope i have no problem with that i was like screw it dude you know i get it that's you want to bat a thousand but you know and he was like yeah you know what i always play it safe it's like i always play it safe every time and that's great but i want to let's just let's just try it to hell with it and i'm like you sure and he's like yeah let you know what i play it safe i have you know plenty of wrestlemania matches they're fine but i want to have let's just try it let's just if we can hit it it'll be it'll be awesome it'll be the greatest thing let's just do it so we get out there we're doing the match it's hot as balls out there it's middle of the day right (laughs) it's it's five o'clock or six o'clock whatever we started early that day and sun's out the mats are hot you're blown up hair's drying out i'm just like this (laughs) sucks and we got we got to the and like i when i i when i ran and i put my foot i felt it was just one of those where i hit it and i knew it i got up in the air i got super flat i we made eye contact he hits the thing and he forgets to cover me if you watch it back, he get he hits it. He gets stands up immediately, starts Randy firing up. However, he does, which was a, a complete shoot. And then I don't. I think Cone was our referee, or maybe Kyoto. He's like, cover him, cover him. He totally. <laughs> he space. was so excited totally, that it worked. He was so excited that it worked, and he you know hit the cover, deep cover, all fired up, gets to the back, great times, yada 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 yada. On an aside, if you ask Johnny Ace, that was his idea. <laughs> that was a good idea, huh? Great idea. Good. How you like that? You like that finish, kid? <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was me. Yeah, because he's the one who wrote it on the piece of paper and <laughs> yeah. told the truck to film it. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the story behind the RK. We'll never do it again. But it was awesome. You only had to do it once. Yeah. Who are you excited to work with now that you're back? Uh, everybody, but AJ mostly. Ah, yeah, yeah. We, I, you know, he worked with him before once. Okay. One time, ten years ago. So really? we're, we're two different humans at this point. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I was 19. He was 28. Something like that. It was two different people. Like now, we're just totally different performers. It'll be great to get back out out there. I mean, anyway, it was in a uh, a VFW in Muscatine yeah. or something in front of like my friends <laughs> and right, my right, grandma. Right, right. I was yeah. there. You know, this one the next time I'm sure it'll be in a much bigger stage. So it'll be nice to have that full circle. And he's just a dude that I just love. Yeah. He's just great. So great, it, that'll be awesome. And you know. Uh, Sammy, I've never, I haven't worked with Sammy in a while, and uh, so he'll be cool to get in the ring with as well. So many different combinations, man. Rollins is back, baby. Yeah, back, back, and hopefully better than ever. And you can see better too. I can see much better. No con, no, <laughs> no worry contacts. contacts. Yeah, that's the worst. To getting up in the plane, having to take your oh, contacts yeah. off and red eyes. They're just like oh, stuck just dry, to you. stuck. To you. It was my favorite thing. Just throwing all that shit away. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> cool, man. Thank right you. Right on. 
Always a good time with Seth Rollins, the guy that I uh, send all my fan art to and vice versa. So keep the the, the fan art coming and uh, keep Seth and I's relationship going. It's great to have him back at the WWE and great to have him back on Talk is Jericho. And great to you guys, have you guys here. Thanks for supporting me uh, and Seth and all the great sponsors of this podcast. And that includes Amazon. Easiest way to support Talk is Jericho. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All my Amazon links are there. You can get just about anything you can think of on Amazon. If you send me a pic of what you bought on Amazon, I'll share it and I'll follow you as well. Become a Talk is Jericho Amazon warrior. Send me the picture of what you bought on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. And don't forget, there's a, a Amazon links for the USA, the UK, Canada. Every time you use Talk is Jericho Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to this show to help us cover production costs. No hidden fees, extra charges. Don't forget, podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. UAG, then hit Talk is Jericho. All my great sponsors are there as well. DDP and the DDP Yoga Now app. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho now. Get the program and get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. I got to do some DDP Yoga tonight. Back is kind of stiff. You can also check out Uber. Make sure you drive with Uber if you want to be your own boss. Create your own schedule. Thank you for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. And keep listening for next Wednesday. First time ever podcast for uh, one of the legit former head writers of the WWE, the head of creative himself. I'm not talking about the low-hanging fruit that were in the WWE for a month or two months or the guys that used to get Vince McMahon coffee that have now become podcast quote-unquote experts. I am talking about a man who worked for 10 years as the head of WWE creative. I'm talking about Brian Gewertz. You guys know the name. Now you're getting a chance to know the guy. Great guy. He's now uh, one of the executives. It's for Seven Bucks Productions, which is the production company of The Rock. He and The Rock worked so well together that Rock took him on when he formed his own production company. Brian's living large in Hollywood now, but for 10 years, maybe even longer, he was the head writer, the head of creative of WWE. Nobody Nobody, nobody was higher than him other than Vince and Stephanie and Triple H, okay? People reported to him. He hired. He fired. He made decisions. But he wasn't always that way. He started out at the bottom and worked his way to the top, much like your uh, your, your tried and true uh, faithful pod show uh, podcast host right here. So, Brian Gewertz will be here on Wednesday. You are not going to want to miss this. Check him out. Have a great weekend and a big yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com.